The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Hunter and Michaela, and this is the Model Citizen Podcast. We wanted to let the members of our community experience a different side of us that they see glimmers of, but never the full force. Exactly. We wanted a place where we could talk unfiltered about anything and everything, including our lives and experiences in the modeling industry, beauty, fashion, dating, sex, marriage, a dash of political commentary, and of course, pop culture, honey. We're going all the way in. Tune in every Thursday for a giggle, a laugh, and maybe even a tear or two. You've just found your new best friends, and we're so happy to have you. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Today, we're talking to Miriam Sandler of Motherhood. If you don't follow her, go follow her. She is just known for her genius and simple parenting hacks and play activities to do with your kids that really work and are so simple and easy. Today, we're talking to her all about sensory play. You know, when we first became moms, we kept hearing about sensory play, but we really had no idea what it was and why it was so important. Once we realized it was really just allowing your kids to play in an unstructured way, exploring their different senses, sometimes getting messy, and it had so many benefits for their brain development, we were sold. So today, Miriam's walking us through it all. Why it's so important for babies and kids and how to do it in a simple way. She shares the best simple DIY recipes with items we have in our pantry, activities and hacks for each age group to make it as simple as possible and remove the pressure from having to go down that YouTube and internet rabbit hole to find those activities for your kids. We're anything but Pinterest moms, and we walked away feeling empowered and prepared to tackle sensory play with our kids. And it is so clear why everyone's glued to her Instagram. And as always, please share the podcast with any friends or family. You're our village, and we want to spread these conversations and support with all we can. Now let's hear from Miriam. Hi, Miriam. Hi, guys. Thank you for being here. I feel like you're ready to pop. I can't believe you're doing this podcast. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You know, two weeks left, but we have two weeks to do tons of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You, you're amazing. Honestly, I'm mesmerized by your Instagram. For all of you that don't follow her, you have to. You just have the best hacks and the best sensory ideas that I honestly learn something from you every day. So we just want to learn your magic today. We want to talk all about sensory play. Thank you so much. It's all come from trial and error and lots of messes from my children and trying to keep my house as white as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I need all the notes from you. So when I first had my first child, Olivia, I remember our nanny coming in and she was like, I got these sensory beads and I got this sensory this. And I kept hearing the word sensory and I was like, what in the world is this sensory thing? (laughs) And then I was like trying to pick up on it. So I didn't, I was like, I don't want to ask a dumb question, but like, what is it? And why is it so important for our kids to, to learn those skills and, and how does it help them like later on in life? I'll give you the reason that I started right around a year old. My first daughter, Nicole, she refused to eat any solids. 
she was only wanted to drink milk. And so I would take her to the doctors and the doctors were all like, nope, she's growing perfectly fine. She's actually pretty much like flying off the charts in terms of growth and, and, and weight. And I was like, but you don't understand. She's not eating food. She, she won't eat any solids. And so I started taking these videos of me trying to feed her. And I could tell that before the food even reached her, she was already afraid. She was already like, oh my God, it's coming. What's going to happen? What is this texture? What is and she would just like freeze up. So I had a little bit of experience before having Nikki. I worked with kids that had ADD and ADHD. And we use sensory play as a way to calm anxious children, mostly. So I was like, you know what? I think she might have a sensory, you know, a texture sensitivity. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take, and I also have a degree in psychology. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start to like piece all these things together (laughs) and introduce her to sensory play little by little. So I started with textures that she was most comfortable with, which was liquid water, right? So then I would set up water sensory bins. She was very comfortable with that. And then maybe I would introduce, and from there I went to like oat paint, pretty much like taste safe sensory paint. She was very apprehensive. She didn't really want to touch it. But then eventually after three or four days of the same sort of exposure, different themes, she started doing it. So on and so forth. Six months later, she was eating everything. So I feel like there is a lot of like technical terms that go with sensory play, like involving all of your senses and like all the skills that you can learn. But for me, it's been more of a journey of connection with my children. It's been a way to meet them at their level and do something that we both really enjoy. But sensory play entails bringing all of your senses senses together. So for example, when we make Play-Doh, we are touching the flower. We're also smelling, I guess, (laughs) the salt (laughs) and just kind of like all encompassing everything. Uh, I, I found that through sensory play, it's the only way that my children do activities for long periods of time. Anything else that I set up for them has like a, a an end goal. For example, if I do like a like a like a math skill activity or letters or anything like that, it's like a 15 minutes for me to set it up and five minutes for them to complete the task. And then that's it, right? I was right. gonna um, say five <laughs> minutes. I was gonna say more like 30 seconds. And exactly. Then exactly. So sensory play is is one of those open-ended ways to give children tools to just be creative and inspire their imagination. And they can just really take it to any place. Oh, Miriam, you're speaking our language because (laughs) in our, in our feeding your baby solids course, one of the biggest things we talk about that I think is the hardest for us as parents is just to embrace that mess. But the mess is how they learn. The mess is how they learn to be able to tolerate the texture on their face and how they learn about new foods. And that it's not just messy to be messy, but there's a huge learning component in that. So that's, that's amazing that that's how you figured it out. That's right. And I I also felt guilty because as a first time parent, one of the things that that we do, we're, we're Hispanic and we're like, we wear very like cute dresses and we put on the bibs and everything has to stay super clean so we can pass it on to the next children. So, you know, it's like a whole thing or something that my mother saved for me. I'm like, I cannot get red sauce on this bib, you know? 
So it was always like trying to like feed and wipe, feed and wipe, feed and wipe almost. So it became stressful for her, stressful for me, stressful for everybody. Whole type different situation for my second child. That's (laughs) amazing though that you figured that out with your first kid. That is, that's so, I mean, she's so lucky to have you, but that's such a cool thing that you unlocked your passion, but you also did it in a way to help her so much. So that's amazing. Definitely. Definitely. And and that's going back to what sensory is, right? What is sensory? Exposure to all of your senses. And through play is the best way to do it because kids learn through play better than any way else. Right. Definitely noticed that. And I can totally relate with the the first child and the feeding them, wiping them, feeding them, wiping them. Like, oh no, I'm just going to have such a clean, this is going to be so clean. I'm going to feed them purees. And then like second child, I'm like, here's your food. You make a mess. You deal with it. This is after, of course, I met Jess and, and our nanny Katie. And so, yeah, we just, we learn as we go. And that's right. I guess that, that brings me to, is there too early of an age to start sensory play? Like, I think sometimes we think about it so naturally in toddler stage because it's preschool age, but what age should we be starting it with our babies? So if you think about it, babies are really exposed to sensory play from the time they take their first bath, right? Because they're experiencing a new type of texture and sensory at that time. So you can, so we're really starting sensory play when they're born. Some things that I love to do is by the time they, babies don't see colors. So one of the things that I like to engage really early on is their sense of sight. So I'll make some pictures that are black and white and kind of like put them on their crib or something so that when they're laying on the side, they're looking at all the pictures. I have this cup here that I can sort of like give you like a contrast. So I'll put something like this on their crib and they'll see the different colors. And you really see them like tracking, looking, and and it's it's just really, really cute. (laughs) I love that so many of the activities that you recommend are just easy to do from home and usually with household items, but also taste safe. So it's safe for our babies and kids to inevitably put in their mouth. But if we can make one of your DIY sensory recipes, whether it's Play-Doh or slime or anything, which one would you start with or which one would you recommend? The most addicting is Play-Doh, I will say. Because I feel like Play-Doh, store-bought Play-Doh in general is like, you know, the number one childhood thing that we all played with, right? Since we were all tiny. Um, Smell. Exactly. The smell. You can't, you can't escape it. (laughs) But (laughs) making your own, once you make one batch, that's it. You're just never going to go back to the store-bought. It is addicting to make because it takes maybe three minutes. I think the longest part is boiling the water. And it's really just flour, salt, cream of tartar, oil, food coloring, and water. Cream of tartar. Yes, I know. Wow. Weird, right? (laughs) Yeah, but awesome. Yeah. It's actually always the rate limiting step for me when I'm going to make Play-Doh because I'm like, oh, we've got all the household items. We don't have cream of tartar. I'm going to need to order that. The Play-Doh is going to have to happen tomorrow. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Lumino, an amazing line of oral care products from toothpaste to whitening products for us and our kids that are made from quality ingredients. 
We had absolutely no idea how much we didn't realize about both our own oral health and our kids' oral health until we talked to the dentist, Dr. Madahi, a couple of weeks ago. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and take a listen because he has the best tips. But after that conversation, we were so blown away by how much dental products can impact our overall health. And we knew we had to rethink our entire dental routine for us and our kids. We've been loving Lumino's products from their toothpaste to whitening products to toothbrush and know you will too. Not only do they work, but they're made from quality ingredients and not harmful ones that actually promote our family's overall health. Okay, so here's a major myth we learned. Fluoride is the only way to strengthen enamel. The truth is dead sea salt is packed with minerals that help strengthen enamel as well. So what if there were oral care products made with dead sea salt? There are. Lumino is the first oral care line that is delicious and clinically proven to maintain strong teeth while cleaning, freshening, and whitening, as well as the other guys, without the harm. That's why they pronounce their name Lumino, because it has no harsh bleaches, no artificial dyes, and no alcohol. Only delicious, hardworking ingredients that clean, freshen, and whiten, as well as the other guys, without the harm. Introduce yourself to Lumino. They're dedicated to illuminating better ideas in oral care. Join us, be illuminating, go to oralessential.com and use the code LIVING to save 15% off your first order. That's oralessentials.com and use the code LIVING to save 15% off your first order. We're thrilled that this episode is brought to you in part by the amazing team at Girlfriend Collective. Girlfriend Collective is our new favorite activewear line. I've said it before and I'll continue to say it, but the top trend of 2020 that I'm never dropping is that it's now socially acceptable to wear activewear whenever and wherever. I mean, jeans for day-to-day are just so overrated, especially in motherhood. Who doesn't want to find clothes that still feel like PJs, but also make you look put together and just feel confident? Girlfriend Collective makes the cutest and most comfortable clothing. It's sustainable, ethically made activewear for everyone. We love everything about this company and their mission. They make cute and comfortable bras, leggings, shorts, tees, swimsuits, and more. And their sizing is inclusive, ranging from extra, extra small to 6XL because they know that health and wellness comes in many shapes and sizes and that representation matters. We're obsessed with their leggings. They're squat proof. They come with pockets, which are just absolutely essential for me and are beyond comfortable and cute. They have different levels of support, whether you want compression or comfort, and they come in the cutest colors from basics to brights and just have the cutest matching sets. They use ethical manufacturing and recycled material and never put their bottom line before what's best for the planet, which we love. Join the collective today and feel good about what you buy and comfortable in what you wear. For listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering first-time customers $25 off purchases of 100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash full. That's $25 off first-time purchases of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash full, F-U-L-L. Now let's get back to our amazing conversation. Do you mind just walking us through your top sensory activities for each age group, like three to six months, six to 12 months, one to two, two to three? Yes. So for anything that's going to be around the zero to six months, you want to do stuff that is like enclosed, right? Because that's when most danger comes for, you know, choking hazards and all this stuff. So sensory bags and sensory bottles all the way all the way sensory bags, sensory bottles, and you can do tons of different things. You could do gel bags in sensory. So it's basically like hair gel 
mixed in with a few things and they kind of like mush it up. You could do painting in a bag, which is basically putting a, a sheet of white paper in a bag with a few dots of paint. You close it up and the baby kind of like mushes it around in there, which is so cute. And then there's sensory bottles. Sensory bottles are really cool. One of my favorites is calming, bo- calming glitter bottles. So in this case, you would mix up uh, one third of the bottle with clear glue the rest with warm water, glitter and food coloring. And then the babies kind of like mix them up and you just see the, the glitter gliding around. I don't know why, but it is mesmerizing to just literally watch the glitter kind of like glide. That sounds and you mesmerizing can, to me. It, it is totally mesmerizing. That's so cool. Anything enclosed. That is just Anything, genius. Exactly. Yeah. Anything enclosed, it's going to be safest for them. So now we're moving on, let's say to uh, six months to a year. You can do a little bit more. My favorite is always water. I always say the term water is magic because it really is. You can freeze it and it's a whole new thing. Or you can warm it up and it's a whole new thing. And I think zero to zero to 12 months is where the excitement starts, right? They're starting to crawl. They're starting to have movement. They want their independence, testing their limits. <laughs> so one of my favorite activities for this age group is to have two different water bins in plastic bins. One on this side, one on this side, and then incur and then put some like big bath toys or maybe some larger like fruits and vegetable toys or something like that. And it encouraged them to, to kind of like go from one bin to the other using those new skills that they have of transferring, of sitting up, of crawling, and it's still water. You just think one thing that you want to keep in mind is that kids can drown in two inches or more. So you want to make sure of water. So you want to make sure that it's two inches or less of water to just keep it safe. And trust me, two inches is enough for them. <laughs> and then after that one year mark, you can like one to two, you can start experimenting with the taste safe stuff. Depends on which ones, stuff. right? You're not going to go with the dry sensory bases, like dry pasta, maybe not dried uh, uh, rice yet, but you can do uh, dyed spaghetti which is basically like cooking spaghetti and adding food coloring to the water. And then it kind of like makes it so cool, colorful. You know that your child is probably already exposed to this. It's flavorless. So they'll probably like try to put it in their mouth and take it out right away. Another one of my favorites is jelly play. Jelly play is so cool because it's made either of gelatin or agar powder if you're um, vegan. And you can really switch up the recipe to be for any age, one plus. If you add more water, it'll be like a really smushy play. And then as you get older, you can make something like a recipe that I have is called Jello Blocks. And that's basically kind of like water beads, taste safe water beads, basically. By adding less water, they become firm. Mesmerized. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, we have to do that. Yeah, we have to do that. (laughs) I should say that for anyone that is going to do some sort of sensory play, that spaghetti activity is just, it is so fun to watch them. They are just mesmerized by it. It's just spaghetti. And it's so the texture, the flavor that just everything is so mesmerizing. I love that. Yeah, I can see why I'm excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) And then as they get older, it gets so much more exciting because you can introduce all the other taste safe stuff because my four-year-old still, even my seven-year-old will still take licks here and there. 
I love that all of your recipes are taste safe because I think even when, no matter how much you tell your kid in a sensory experience to not taste it, they're going to inevitably taste it. So to know that everything's made with items that you make in your home, you know what's in it and you know that it's safe, I think takes off so much of the pressure to allow us to explore sensory items so much more and just play with them in a calmer way. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. What would be a sensory activity that we're already doing that we don't need to prep for, say, whether it's when we're eating or getting ready for bed, or is there something that we might already be doing as parents that we're like, oh, yay, I've already been doing it. And I didn't even know it. Bath time. Bath time Mm. is your number one sensory activity that you do every single day that most kids love. And actually, I got the question a ton. My kid is petrified of bath time. What can I do? And my answer is always exposure outside of the bath and then slowly bring it in. But the majority of kids absolutely love bath time. My kids can spend hours, hours in the shower or in the bath and just like kind of like playing with their little toys and doing all these things. A cool thing to uh, elevate bath time (laughs) could be to get specific toys that teach skills. So there are like suction cups that are great for filling them up. And then your kids can practice, you know, transferring from one cup to the other and then scooping the water up as well. Any bath toy, obviously, is going to be amazing for them, which is something that we're all already doing every single day. But there's so many activities that you can do within that time to kind of like spice it up. I had a little um, glow sticks and make it like glow baths. <laughs> a drop or two of food coloring and all of a sudden you're in the ocean. And it won't stain your kids, I promise, or your bath. (laughs) (laughs) We did that. And my daughter wanted to do yellow food coloring. I was like, can we just pick a different color? Uh, Bryce's favorite toy in the bath is a turkey baster. Like who would have ever thought? I I don't know how we ended up with a turkey baster bath, but a turkey baster in the bath is his favorite. Yes. I love incorporating fine motor tools into sensory play like a turkey baster. It's literally a giant dropper and that they're just practicing, you know, strengthening their hand muscles. But you could also use like medicine syringes if you have in your in your medicine cabinet. Take those out, stick them in the bath. And then all of a sudden they have tiny little squirt guns. There's so many ways to incorporate your household items into play without having to spend any more money, which is my favorite part about sensory play. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, same. Okay, so something that I know Jess wants to know, and I definitely want to know, what is your favorite mom hack? Okay, so my second daughter is notorious for leaving all of the markers open. She cannot see a marker and put the cat bag on. Like it's it's an impossible task for her. And I have tried so many ways to, to like teach her to put the caps back on. No. So after like about two years of just tossing, literally tossing dry markers, I figured washable markers are water-based. So I added a little bit of water to the caps of the markers, close them back up, leave them upright overnight. The next day, brand new markers. Wow. No way. I swear. Wait. So when you say upright, do you mean the cap up? Yeah. So you fill the cap and you know how it has like the little opening. You fill the cap with water, you put the marker on and then you turn the marker so that the water like seeps through. Just leave them upright like this. The next day, brand new markers. 
done. Oh my gosh. Life You're going to save so <laughs> many markers for other moms yes. and dads. Okay. What happens when they draw on the wall? So I have many hacks for this. <laughs> it depends. Okay, you it's, need this right now. <laughs> I need this right now. Olivia what just happened? did it. Uh, well, <laughs> it might've been pen. I need to go investigate, but she drew on the wall. Oh, that's fun. That's always fun. <laughs> I know. You have a little artist on your hand. That's what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. I think every child does this. So depending on what your kids drew on the wall with, for example, if it's washable marker or crayon, glass cleaner is magical for this. Okay. The marker, the marker would most likely just disappear. Just a few little bit of scrubbing with like a little bit of a damp cloth and then crayon a little bit more scrubbing than that. Just repeat the process until you get it off, but it's not going to file down the walls and it's not going to remove the paint. Permanent marker, you're going to want to use sunscreen, which is pretty strange. Um, what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, maximum strength or sport sunscreen is what's going to be best for permanent marker. You just have to be really gentle with it. <laughs> because I'm mind blown. There, I know there's different ways to do it. For example, you could use rubbing alcohol and you could also use hairspray, but both of those options will remove the permanent marker, but it'll also remove the paint. So sunscreen I found was pretty gentle in removing the marks, but not removing the paint. That's so cool. Well, hopefully I won't have to ever use that trick. I'm hoping and praying. (laughs) So Miriam, before your course is launched, can you help people, where can they find your recipes, all of your homemade recipes? How could they get them? Because they are amazing. And I'm, I've printed out some this morning and I'm going to be making a lot of them. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. So mostly right now they live on social media. So you can get them Instagram, Facebook, TikTok is a little harder to get recipes. It's mostly like silly me doing, you know, the recipes, <laughs> but mostly on Instagram and Facebook. I have a highlight on Instagram that is called play recipes, where you can download a free printable of 30 play recipes. And that's pretty helpful. And then I'm revamping my website right now. So hopefully in about two weeks, you'll be able to go on there and search Play-Doh, search dyed rice, search anything. And then those recipes will come out. And then in about like two or three months, you'll be able to purchase the course and just have it whenever you need them. All these hacks are going to be in there too, by the way. So how to get slime off of clothing and clothing and fabric, (laughs) Um, recommended purchases for like messes, I'm really excited for that because I think you don't realize you need it until you're in that moment when you have crayon on the carpet and you're like, how in the world am I going to get this out? Exactly. One of our last questions that we like to ask all of our guests is what's your best parenting advice that you've received that you want to share with our community? I have two. The best one that I received was to take input with a grain of salt. When you first had your children, there's people everywhere telling you, do this pacifier. Yes. Pacifier. No. If you do this, this is going to happen. If you do that, that's going to happen. If, and you're just kind of like, okay, all right. Thank you. So one of the, the best parenting advice was listen with a grain of salt and then just do you respectfully, you know, turn away from things that are just not you and just be confident in the, in the decisions that you, that you make as a parent, even though they're probably going to be different than other parents, because just every single family is different. And I think one of the things that I've learned through motherhood, I think has been the most important is to let go of expectations, especially when it comes to play, 
but mostly to just let go of expectations in general. And, and, and you're just stuck on what you wish it would have been rather than just accepting what actually happened and like embracing it and moving on. Yeah. Just letting go of all the expectations, I think for me has been key in keeping sane through motherhood. Great advice. Great advice. I love all of that. Well, Miriam, thank you so much for your time today, especially in this time that you're in about to have a baby, your third baby. Oh my gosh. Wow. You are, (laughs) you're a hero and we wish you luck with your birth and everything. And, And for our listeners, we have a giveaway coming up soon with both of our accounts. So just keep your eyes peeled for it. It's a really good one. And we learned so much from you today. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you guys for having me on. This was so fun. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.